It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to the Week 8 Waiver Wire Podcast here at FantasyPoints.com. My name is Joe Dolan. That is Tom Brawley. And as we do every Tuesday, we're going to take you through the Waiver Wire and talk about the top options. Tom, there's like 100 guys on the Waiver Wire article at FantasyPoints.com, and we can't talk about all of those guys. But what we do uh, try to do here is talk about the new situations um, to, to, to get you kind of uh, in tune with what you should be doing, what you should be considering doing, what we think uh, about uh, all these all these situations, certainly at the running back position, but we have injuries everywhere this week that we need to discuss. So, Tom, uh, before uh, – well, there was actually a couple of situations last night uh, that needed to be talked about, and we will get to both of them. But the first thing is before the Monday Night Football game, uh, the Jets uh, traded for James Robinson of the Jaguars. And it has been – if you listen to the Week 7 recap podcast that we did yesterday – it had been evident that James Robinson was falling out of favor with uh, with the Jaguars. Doug Peterson made up some BS about knee soreness yesterday, which is clearly not the case for James Robinson because he just got traded. Uh, but the Jets, who lost Brees Hall, trade for James Robinson. They had been running uh, a lot of like two running back sets, uh, with, which is called pony package, um, with Michael Carter and Brees Hall. But following the loss of Brees Hall, they wanted to keep doing those sets, so they went out. They acquired James Robinson for a conditional six-round pick. Um, Both Michael Carter and James Robinson are rostered above 50% on Yahoo, which... Well above. Well above. Yeah, we eschew writing them up for the waiver wire. But there is a chance that, you know, in a short bench league out there, somebody who had Michael Carter is like, oh, God, Brees Hall's taking over this backfield. I need the bench spot. Or somebody who had James Robinson, oh, Travis Etienne's taken over this backfield. I need the bench spot. There is a chance those guys were dropped. Here's the way I look at it, Tom. Tell me if you disagree. I think Carter, who's not as good as Brees Hall, but certainly had a good rookie season, is kind of a mid-range RB2 going forward. And I think, until proven otherwise, James Robinson is a desperation flex, kind of handcuffed type of guy. Yeah, I'm not as high on either guy. Well, not as high on Michael Carter as you, I guess, then. Because I just don't see... I don't think he's nearly as talented as Brees. I don't think this is a very good offense right now. Uh, It was all Brees Hall. It was... Zach Wilson has done nothing here, basically, since the Steelers game. We'll see if he can uh, pick up his play here with Brees being out. But uh, I I think this is going to be a pretty split backfield. Uh, I think they're going to be both like flex options at best. Um, I, I, I maybe maybe Carter has the early advantage, but I think they're yeah you know, they, they traded for James Robinson. They they kind of want him to have a big role in this this backfield, and I don't think he was playing particularly well. Uh, Michael Carter hasn't been playing particularly well either. Uh, that's why Brees started to pick up more snaps and take more playing time. So uh, I, I see both of these guys as being RB three types moving forward. And we'll see how who emerges here. I think this is going to be kind of like an open competition here for the first couple of weeks. And uh, whoever steps up and, and makes more plays is going to eventually see more playing time. But uh, I would think Michael Carter has the advantage, at least for the first week or two, while James Robinson learns the playbook and uh, gets used to everything. But uh, I was, uh, you know, Michael Carter was looking like, yeah, he might be like a high-end RB2 uh, after the news happened. But 
Uh, now that we have James Robinson getting into this backfield, it's probably going to be kind of a wash. It's yeah. I, I just have a tough time seeing one of these guys really emerging as a, a difference maker. But, I mean, there's always a chance whenever we have these uncertain situations. I'm not saying don't go out and pick up these guys. Uh, James Robinson's 87% owned in Yahoo League, so he's not out there. And Carter's at 67%, so maybe if you're playing an 8-10 to 10 team uh, – to eight to 10 team leagues, he might be out there. So he's certainly worth an ad just in case he, uh, you know, can emerge a little bit. But I mean, we're kind of in the similar situation to where we were last year, Joe. And he was a guy that you weren't very excited about playing. Maybe he can creep into that low end RB2 range. Um, now let's talk about the other situation for Monday night. And I'm not sure how relevant this is for, for most fantasy leagues, but certainly if you're in a super flex league, the bizarre Patriots quarterback situation, Mac Jones comes out and I mean, he threw a terrible interception, the, the, the chance for zappy, 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 he comes out, gives him a little bit of a spark and then things collapse in the collapse in the second half for the Patriots. Bill Belichick says after the game that he does not anticipate that they're going to be platooning their quarterbacks anymore. My, I have no idea what to think. My guess is they're going to go, once Mac Jones is 100%, if he's 100%, they're going to go to him. Um, but what what is your read on this Patriot quarterback situation, Tom, for those in super flex leagues? Uh, I think they rushed Mac Jones back a little bit early, and he did not look very comfortable back there. Uh, but that's an indication to me that they want him to be the guy. Uh, if, if he wasn't close to 100% last night and they, they were playing him, uh, it says that they want him to be the guy. So I think they're invested in him. Obviously, they drafted him in the first round. Uh, Bill Belichick is more ruthless than most coaches. Uh, he doesn't always necessarily care about draft capital and how much money they signed you for. He's he's on the lower end of uh, caring about that that type of those type of things. But uh, I, I just think the fact that they tried to get Mac Jones out there and he didn't look quite right. Uh, I, I think maybe with another week of practice here he didn't take many hits last night I I think he should be healthy coming out of that game so I think they're going to give him another chance here uh, but we'll see how it plays out I mean uh, maybe we're going to be in a situation where both guys are getting some reps in game you know kind of kind of the hot hand approach at quarterback uh, rotating them uh, until somebody you know leads a couple scoring drives and uh, so we, it might be a situation where I want no part of, you know, I would, I would perf, prefer to own Mac Jones, but I probably, I might not be playing either guy at this point. Uh, even if we get word that one will start, uh, because I could see both of these guys getting some playing time each week until they, they settle on a guy. Uh, one more uh, situation that I want to discuss. That's, that's newsy Tom. And cause I had to actually, before we came on the podcast, I had to update the waiver wire article because his name was listed. Uh, Matt Ryan got benched and, this is permanent. Um, Frank Reich saying, hey, look, guys, uh, yeah, he's got a shoulder injury, but we're, we're doing this for, for the good of the franchise um, and to try to save the asses of the coach and general manager. They are not going to Nick Foles, though, Indianapolis. They are going to Sam Ellinger. And um, I, I thought it was funny because I, I saw a tweet by Derek Klassen of, of Football Outsiders who, who does some stuff, and he says, here is, here is Sam Ellinger. Just imagine if Jalen Hurts sucked. That's Sam Ellinger. And then I texted our guy Fran Duffy uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles, um, who uh, who does obviously fantastic draft content. And I said, Fran, I wanted, I wanted a scouting report. 
you know, I said, what did you think of Sam Ellinger coming out? And he said, LOL, I compared him to Jalen Hurts. And he did not know about the, the Derek Klassen uh, tweet. And I think what I want to, I want to be careful here is because I think Jalen Hurts right now is probably better than we anticipated he would be. Um, maybe Sam Ellinger is not very good. Um, but what stylistically that means, Tom, is we're not going to be having these 60 drop back crappy no. three yard passes to Paris Campbell. This is going to be, if Sam Ellinger does start long-term, a philosophically different offense in Indianapolis. Yeah, that's it. I've got a few questions about Paris Campbell in the discord already uh, this week. And it's, you know, with Sam Ellinger, that, that's kind of been the thing the last couple of weeks. They've uh, moved to this more, you know, quick passing, get the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands in the short to intermediate areas. That's why Campbell's uh, been at like basically 25 targets over the last two weeks. And uh, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. We're going to be, Jonathan Taylor's going to be getting 25 to 30 touches and uh, they're going to get Ellinger on the move. So, I mean, he's certainly a guy, I mean, we can get into the quarterbacks here. I, he's a guy long-term I would be maybe taking a look at in the super flex league just because he can run uh, looking sure. at his, uh, uh, college stats. Uh, he had uh, over 31 rushing touchdowns in his final three years at Texas. Uh, you know, over 1,900 yards over his uh, four-year career at Texas. So that is on the table. We're always looking for those types of guys. Uh, so, it, but it is going to be a completely different offense. If you if you had Alec Pierce, uh, you know, if you have Michael Michael Pittman. Uh, all these all these receivers are getting a downgrade here moving forward. I mean, Matt Ryan, say what you want about him at this point, but he could he could still filter the ball to his best players in the passing game, and th- that might not be the case with Sam Ellinger. It, there could be some, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of ugly stat lines from uh, Justin Fields early in the year, Marcus Mariota recently. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be that ugly with Ellinger, but we're, we're, we we could see some lines like that where uh, Ellinger's thrown for 170 yards with uh, 16 completions in a game. Um, but yeah, while you're saying that, Tom, we'll talk about a couple of um, a, a couple of these fantasy quarterbacks who might be out there. I mean, uh, look, I still don't think it's pretty with Justin Fields, but he's starting to play better, and the rushing production is there, and um, and that's that's good news uh, for Justin Fields. He's still rostered. It's, it's going to go up after last night. Oh yeah, it's just under forty percent of Yahoo leagues. Um, he and Daniel Jones are two quarterbacks. Jones has played better than Fields this year, but they're two quarterbacks who are running the ball um, quite a bit right now and are still available in under fifty percent of ya- uh, in more than fifty percent of Yahoo leagues, and certainly are are, are, are viable pickups again. I don't know if either of these guys is going to become a reliable every week starter for you, but Justin Fields at minimum is starting to resemble a lower case version of what you drafted him to be. Yeah. And this is a big week. We got both Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert on by. So there's, there's going to be a lot of people scrambling to pick up a streamer this week. And uh, Justin Fields has a tougher matchup against the Cowboys this week. <laughs> you know, that's, Oh a, yeah. That has not been a pretty matchup for a lot of people, but you know, the, the legs are what has really come around here the last couple of weeks. His fantasy points have gone up uh, 17, 19, and then 24 last night. Uh, he, he converted five third downs last night with his his feet and another five through the air, which is 
which is really impressive against a, a Patriots defense that uh, was, you know, completely shut down the Detroit Lions and Cleveland Browns before that. So I, 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 I'm with you, Joe. I, I do think we're seeing, you know, that, that was the best uh, I probably have seen Justin Fields play up to this point in his career. I also think the offense is starting to get a little bit of a rhythm. I think Luke Getze is uh, starting to, you know, kind of cater the game to him a lot. A lot of one, two reads, and if it's not there, just run the ball, which is, that's all we want to see from Justin Fields. Make, uh, you know, give him easy decisions. Uh, If it's not there, then tuck it and run. And uh, we're we're starting to see a lot of that. And that's great for our game. Uh, You know, he's... He's going to have opportunities to really rack up the rushing yards if, if they continue to play this way. And that's – I think he's a long-term pickup. Uh, if you've been struggling at quarterback, maybe the light is starting to turn on a little bit. I don't think he's you know going to be one of these uh, – ever an elite type of passer. But as long as he's running a little bit and uh, has an opportunity to score touchdowns. And uh, the running game has really gotten going for the, for the Bears. I mean – uh, it's a weekly staple for them at this point. So the offense is trending upward. So I, I think he's worth taking a pick, you know, pick him up. Uh, he was drafted as kind of like the the QB 14 or 15, and he's starting to get into that territory. He He's starting to show his upside that we saw that, that a lot of people were up uh, excited about in the summer. Uh, going to the running back position, Tom, uh, obviously there's going to be a couple of situations here. We already talked about the Carter and Robinson one, but those guys aren't really available in leagues. Gus Edwards. Um, I, I mean, every league I was in, he was already rostered, uh, before last week, but 58% of Yahoo leagues still available. And I would think right now that he is, he has earned the opportunity to be the lead guy in that backfield. That doesn't mean it will not change. You know, we've had, we've seen Kenyon Drake look great and we've seen Kenyon Drake look (laughs) awful in that backfield. Maybe it's the same way for Gus Edwards, but he scored two touchdowns in his return. And I mean, he looked better. Uh, That's now three running backs, by the way, in Baltimore who have looked better at some point than JK Dobbins has all year. So, I mean, Gus Edwards got an opportunity here to be, uh, League winner is a little strong because no, this, no, no, no. this backfield always this not, they're going to continue to rotate these backs. I yeah. hate to break the news to everybody that I mean he's scored the two rushing touchdowns, but that was also a weird game. Lamar Jackson uh, career career low pass attempts in that game uh, for games that he's started and completed. He's had a couple where he's started and uh, picked up an injury, including against the Browns last year, but. Uh, just 16 attempts. That's not the way they're going to play offense moving forward. Mark Andrews uh, was playing through a knee injury, uh, but it's a great sign. He he looked much better than J.K. Dobbins. We, sh- we should say that probably Dobbins, uh, if you own him, you, you can drop him at this point. He's probably uh, going to be – he's already – you know, they put him on the IR. He's looking at a, a at least a four- to six-week recovery, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he yeah, misses the rest of the season and – even if he does come back, we're going to have a four-man back- backfield basically here. Though they might, uh, you know, bump Justice Hill out, but it's it's going to be tough for him to come back and really play a big factor in this backfield. But uh, Dobbins is the guy for now. Uh, I uh, think Edwards, Edwards is the. Guy I mean, uh, Edwards, yeah. yes, yes, Gus Edwards, uh, but he's never going to be a guy that's uh, you know playing sixty to seventy percent of the snaps, uh, getting twenty-five carries a game, but. Uh, maybe we can stick in this like 12 to 15 carries per game. He's 
good down at the goal line, as we saw with the two rushing touchdowns. He's not going to provide anything in the passing game, but uh, maybe maybe the Ravens' running game is starting to get on track here a little bit with with the punishing uh, downhill runner of the Gus Bus back in the mix. Another couple of running backs to discuss here, uh, T. Bro. Um, uh, all right, we got to get into the Carolina backs because I'll, I'll be completely honest. Did, did I think they were worthwhile pickups? Yes. Was I excited about it? No. And I've been telling people all year, like I don't think there's a good handcuff in Carolina because I I think Chuba Hubbard stinks and I think Deontay Foreman's just a guy. Both of the the answer to the question of which one of them should I play was both of them though. Like a, an unbelievable against Tampa. Color me skeptical going forward, but they outperformed my expectations for them, uh, both Foreman and Hubbard did. Yeah, so uh, Hubbard also picked up a little bit of an ankle injury Mm. in that game. It looks like he's going to be fine, but I think that might make Foreman the slightly better pickup here. But it's, it's a little funky. Hubbard was kind of the preferred passing back. He uh, outsnapped him in those type of situations. He was on the field uh, as kind of the third down back. So uh, Hubbard, he does have, but he also picked up the ankle injury. So uh, honestly, if I if I was somebody uh, that picked up either one of these guys and they had a solid performance, maybe maybe I might look to trade them. You know, the this might be as high as it gets. Uh, that performance against the Buccaneers was unexpected, but it was also a no show from the. Uh, the Buccaneers uh, run defense last week. It was, yeah, an awful performance by Brady as well. So we we saw what this offense was before last week. Uh, I don't think PJ Walker is turned into a, all of a sudden turned into a serviceable serviceable quarterback. Uh, This offense is more likely to go back into the tank and you might not want to use either of these guys. So, Uh, but they're still worth pickups. Maybe, maybe the, Maybe splitting up the backfield and getting McCaffrey out of the offense uh, is going to make them better, but uh, Keller me a little bit skeptical about that. But they're certainly worth pickups at this point. Um, and there is still a guy. I know we've been talking about him for a couple of weeks on here, and I, Tom, we've gotten a lot of questions about him in our Discord, and I've really wanted people to go pick him up if possible. It is a there is a chance that Kyron Williams, the rookie running back uh, for LA. The Rams is going to play this week. Who's and we'll we'll talk about another guy from the Rams, by the way, as well. But uh, Williams was on IR in Week One. He suffered a high ankle sprain on the opening kickoff of the game. And you remember it was that Thursday night game against Buffalo, the season opener. Adam mm-hmm. Schefter was on NFL Live or the pregame show or whatever the hell one of the ESPN shows, <laughs> and he said, "Do not be surprised if this Kyron Williams has a big role." And clearly. Schefter at that point had been told that Cam Akers was in the doghouse and he didn't say that, but you know, they come out and Daryl Henderson is playing almost exclusively in that week one game. And then now, now we know what happened, what has happened with Cam Akers, who's probably played his last snap for the Rams, at least for the time being. Kyron Williams is a guy who I think the Rams trust as a receiver. I think they trust him in pass protection. First and foremost, that's important because their offensive line has been garbage. Jordan Rodriguez has now insinuated in recent weeks, as, as Williams has gotten closer to a return, that the pathway for snaps is there for Kyron Williams. And while I still think Daryl Henderson is the better option, 
Imagine if Kyron Williams becomes that third down back, gets all those calorie-rich touches, you know, Stafford having to beat a blitz or, or having to beat a pass rush, checking it down. I would not be surprised at all if over the second half of the season, Kyron Williams becomes a usable weekly fantasy asset. Yeah, and Greg uh, Greg Cassell compared him to James White and Austin Eckler in the pre-draft process. They also cleared way, you know, they cleared the way a little bit by cutting Jake Funk. Uh, fake last... junk, fake junk. Yeah, they they cut him. Uh, so they're making their, you know, the, the signs are all pointing towards a return this week. Uh, so I, I'm with you, Joe. I mean, we've seen Tyler Higby get all these like low calorie bullshit targets that are two or three yards down the field. What if those start turning into targets for Kieran William, Kyron Williams and, uh, is it Kyron or Kieran? I don't know. It looks like Kyron. Yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll look it up while you, while you, Uh, but anyway, if, if those targets that were, you know, going to Higby in the early part of the season, what if those start going to William, uh, Williams here and, he can certainly do more with him as a running back with a little bit more elusiveness and juice. So, um, you know, he, maybe he could develop into a guy that's getting you three or four catches a game and uh, six to eight carries per game. So, uh, and Daryl Henderson, we we know he has a long, tr- you know, he had a long track record of having trouble staying healthy for long stretches of games. So it, it's in the realm of possibilities that he could be the the, the go to back in this backfield at some point. So uh, every league that I'm in, I've been adding to him. Uh, he's still around 30% owned. I could see that number being, uh, by, by this point next week, uh, everybody's scrambling to pick him up and, you know, he's at 65 or 70% owned, uh, after we, we see what he does against the 49ers next, uh, on Sunday. Any interest, uh, in Latavius Murray now that Mike Boone is on IR? Oh, not really. <laughs> A you little can, bit. You I can mean, use him, right? Like if you yeah. need him. Yeah. I mean, he's, and it seems like he's, Kind of the, you know, he might be the goal line back here. Uh, finished a short touchdown. But, uh, yeah, he's still, he's he's owned in most of my leagues. So, I don't even have that dilemma. But, uh, yeah, he's certainly worth a pickup here. They The coaching staff seems to hate Melvin Gordon. And they seem to love Latavius Murray. So, uh, you know, there, there's always a chance that Melvin Gordon fumbles a, <laughs> another ball here. And uh, Latavius Murray is suddenly sitting, looking at like 15 uh, carries per game here moving forward. Go, I mean, I don't know how he's rostered in under 30% of Yahoo leagues. Um, I guarantee you a greater percentage of our subscribers have him. <laughs> how in the hell is Wandale Robinson only 29% rostered? I mean, Tom, I think there is a, it might not even be, it, it might not even be like even close to a hot take. It might be the likely outcome that this guy ends up leading this team in receptions. Yeah. I mean, we've touched on, on Wandale, I feel like for the last four weeks and, uh, the, the 29% owned on Yahoo, that might be all like fantasy point subscribers. So, <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I mean, I have no idea how he, it's still this low. Uh, you know, the, the snaps, this is what we wanted to see. The snaps were up at 70% last week. So he's getting close to, I don't think he, I think they're going to continue to kind of rotate these receivers a little bit. So he might not be like a full-time, full-time receiver, you know, playing 90% of the snaps, but uh, I would expect him to stay in this like 75 to 85% range. And uh, last week was kind of what we were expecting to see from him moving forward. Uh, he might not blow up for these big games. That's just not the nature of uh, the Giants passing game at this point. But he's going to be a rock solid wide receiver three, getting you 
uh, you know, five to seven catches per game for 60 or 70 yards. You know, just one of those guys you just plug and play every week. And uh, if he scores a touchdown, you're, you're looking at a, a great week from him. So go out and get him already. We're, we're tired of talking about him on this podcast. Yeah, I'm sick of it. Um, Jake, Jake Trivi always writes him up on like the DFS early look too. He's like, hey, this guy's undervalued. Uh, two more names that I want to bring up, Tom. One guy is not usable this week. Um, that's Joshua Palmer who's been dropped a ton because of the concussion and Keenan yeah. Allen coming back. But Mike Williams picked up a, a high ankle sprain. You can probably get him for cheap this week if you don't need him this week because they're on buy. So I don't know if anybody's going to be blowing out their fab for Joshua Palmer. Um, and one more guy, Tom, I hate him. I've hated him ever since he's come into the league. Um, but the Kansas City Chiefs have the number one offense in EPA, DVOA, AVD, a B O A X M Y whatever whatever uh, uh, words uh, letter salad Whistles, you want to yeah. use. The Chiefs have the number one offense, and I think he's going to be inconsistent. But there's very few guys who are available in 75 percent of Yahoo leagues who have the potential to have the blow up game the way Miko Hardman does. Yeah, and he's been a, a little bit more consistent recently. Uh, you know, 12 fantasy points a couple weeks ago, 13, and then he blew up for the. Two touchdowns last week, uh, 28 fantasy points overall. So uh, maybe he's kind of developed, you know, MVS is, you know, he hasn't really popped off for a big game yet. Uh, Juju's uh, coming on here a little bit, but uh, Mikul is, uh, you know, hanging in there. So he's 24% owned. Uh, let me throw out another name because we're, we're probably going to touch on, let's just jump right into the David Njoku injury. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's out for the next two to five weeks. Uh, I think, and they're on by, they're on by next week. So he's clearly not going to play this week in Joku. So, yeah. yeah. So I I would expect him, you know, at least this week and maybe, uh, multiple weeks, uh, multiple games. But I I think that elevates both Harrison Bryant and Donovan Peoples Jones. Let me just hit Donovan Peoples Jones. He's like really flying on the radar. He had a a couple quiet games in weeks two and three, but otherwise he's seen 32 targets in the other five games. Uh, 25 catches for 326 receiving yards. Um, ha- hasn't popped for a touchdown yet, but he's he's been kind of a pivotal part of this passing attack. And now Njoku, who was the number two guy behind Amari Cooper, is out of the way. So I, I think he's a viable you know little streamer here uh, if if you need a guy for this week. And Harrison Bryant, I mean, if you're using Njoku, you could pick him up kind of as just a you know almost like a little handcuff. Uh, they also lost Pharaoh Brown in that game. So the, the tight end position is kind of cleared out for Harrison Bryant to play a lot of snaps. And uh, Brissett discovered his uh, tight ends here. You know, and Joku's been on a real roll uh, as the number two receiver. And Bryant's been also involved. It, it isn't like he's been um, completely riding the bench. So Brissett's at least, you know, has some chemistry with him. He has thrown him the ball a little bit. So... Uh, I, I see him as, you know, being a plug-and-play, like, low-end tight end one this week. So, if you lost in Joku, I mean, I think just go pick up Harrison Bryant and play him for as long as you, uh, David Njoku's out of the lineup. Uh, don't think Russell Wilson, as bad as he's been, is in danger of losing his job to Brett Rippon after that game against the Jets. Um, but Rippon did target Greg Dolchich, who's still available in close to 90% of, of Yahoo leagues and should have uh, more upside when Rus- Russell Wilson returns to the lineup. And it's probably worth noting, Tom, 
that Jerry Judy's name has come up in in trade rumors. So maybe there's um, going to be some more targets available here in the future for Greg Doltich. Yeah, we we pounded the table for these rookie uh, tight ends last week, and uh, Bellinger, unfortunately, uh, he got a, a finger to the eye and needs to get surgery. But the other two really came through, and uh, they should be picked up and played again. Uh, Greg Dulcich is he he has a path here to being a top twelve t- tight end for the rest of the season. I uh, he's only eleven percent owned, as you said, six for fifty one last week with a backup t- uh, quarterback. Uh, I think I think his role and his it, it's we're only seeing the beginning of it here. Hopefully, there's a chance for it to really grow, and they love him. They draft him in the third round, and they basically banished Albert O to to the end of the bench. And as soon as Dulcich was healthy, they they plugged him right in the lineup, and he was uh, playing over the seventy percent of the snaps. So, uh, and Kate Otten, uh, it looks like Cam Brake could be out for. I mean, it does. You know, it's a it's a scary situation with him. He could, he could be out multiple weeks here. Uh, Otten's been he he's been right in the lineup here, gone for ten plus fantasy points in both games that Cam Brate's been out. They play Thursday night against the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens have stiffened up against receivers. Uh, they were getting crushed early in the season, but uh, you know more targets have been funneling to these tight ends. David and Joku had a a, a really strong performance. Uh, before he hurt his ankle in the, I think it was in the third quarter of that game. So uh, Kate Otten, once again here, if you're, you're looking for eight to 10 fantasy points, go pick him up. The, both these rookie tight ends, they need to be owned at this point. Tom, I think I think that'll wrap it. Are you going to pull the uh, Steve no, Jobs? No, that's it. That's it. Right. That, was, that was a thorough waiver wire. This all week. right, T-Bro. Hit them all. You always drop the Steve Jobs one more thing on me, but not this week. Um, there's obviously a million more guys on the actual waiver wire article at fantasypoints.com. Go to fantasypoints.com, use code Brawley22, get 10% off what is already a 25% discounted website. The waiver wire is under our standard package. If you play DFS, bet. Tom, you've been you've been doing some betting stuff. You've been hitting some bets. You're yeah. the, 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 you, you always we're do. We're doing all uh, right. We're doing all right. Yeah, we're clipping along graham graham i think had a monster weekend so yeah i mean the uh everybody on the betting side's done uh, pretty good here the idp props have been hitting so uh, yeah if you're sitting at uh two and five in your fantasy league and you're looking to still enjoy the games pick up the premium package use the brawley 22 use the dolan 22 whatever whatever one you want to get maybe you'll maybe you'll get a bigger discount for that dolan 22 who knows yeah, i don't think so <laughs> no uh uh, T-Bro, it's been great talking to you, my man. Um, I think I'm on the projection show tonight. We'll figure out who else is on the projection show. We we always figure that out during the day, but I'll be talking to people at 8 p.m. tonight. It's been good talking to you, Tom. Uh, it's been good talking to the folks, good talking to the listeners. He's at Tom Brawley on Twitter. I'm at FG underscore Dolan. Thanks, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.